Hello, everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we uh, discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. And obviously, I stumbled through that intro because Paige is not here today. She is, uh, as you guys know, we are expecting our second uh, baby in October, and she is just feeling those third trimester blues. So um, not to fear, though, we are joined with uh, an incredible personality, hilarious YouTuber, and uh, theme park and Disney fan all around, uh, Disney Dan. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey! You're talking with us about uh, Morocco. Thanks for having me. It's super great. I love, I love Epcot. I love Morocco. And I love you. <laughs> well, I gotta tell you. Well, I love you too, man. I, I'm, I gotta be honest with you. I was hoping you were going to laugh on the show and there it is. So we are <laughs> in good shape already. There it is. And we're, we're sending all of the best pregnancy well wishes to Paige, who is sleeping probably right now. Pre sleeping probably right now as you listen to this too. You know, odds are, odds yeah. are very good that you at home listening, she's sleeping right now too. So <laughs> yeah, well, we, the whole, what we're actually doing with these episodes is we are, um, we're actually like staggering them. So we're recording them crazy early. So that way we can basically take October off. Um, and she can focus on Great. being a new mom and not. If uh, you're about to have your second day. child, you'll be sleeping for the next 18 months whenever pretty possible. Much, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> the two of you exactly. are going to be exhausted. <laughs> yeah. And our, our, uh, our two, you got to bank already, those episodes. Right. Exactly. And our two year old is already a total handful. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be intense. In I think the sleep debt's going to be real. It's going to be intense. Very real. Very, very real. Okay, but hey, so, let's talk about the park that makes you the most tired when you visit it, Epcot. Yeah, because it's basically like two parks <laughs> in one, right? Um, right. Okay. Yeah, it's so huge. We're going to talk about the Morocco Pavilion, which personally is like one of my favorite pavilions. Um, and I want to start off before I get into like the history of it all, asking you, um, what is your first, uh, what was the first time that you remember visiting uh, Epcot? Um, in my youth, my parents used to take us pretty regularly, um, like once a year or so. We were timeshare owners at a local timeshare, not Disney Vacation Club. And uh, so we were down there pretty regularly. And uh, my parents would inevitably always do an Epcot day, which was the most boring, miserable day for kids. Because uh, mm -hmm. people, you know, people living nowadays don't remember how boring Epcot was uh, for kids back in the day. I mean, sure, you got a couple of fun, fancy things in the front of the park, but then it's just like... It's just like visiting the the world's largest craft fair, you know, as a kid, eventually you just lose sure. patience. But, um, but I remember, I remember uh, Epcot uh, quite, uh, quite well. And uh, Morocco was a place we always skipped over growing mm -hmm. up uh, specifically because my parents just aren't very adventurous with their taste buds. Uh, we're mm -hmm. just, we're just, you know, Pennsylvania mountain trash. And so the idea of like Indian and like Moroccan and like just Middle Eastern spice, a palette just did not align with us. And so we didn't go in there and eat and grab snacks and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. but we did regularly walk through some of the stores and, uh, and love all the, uh, the vibes of, of, of the pavilion. And I, you know, Epcot is just great. It's a great park, yeah, but not yeah, when you're a kid awesome. in the eighties. The first time I ever went, I was in my, uh, mid twenties. Cause I grew up in California. Um, I grew up in the Bay area near San Francisco. And so um, oh. I spend all my time down at Disneyland. That's like where I, where right. I, I kind of, you know, right. lived theme. And you didn't wise. get Westcott. You no. didn't get Westcott. No, we did a whole episode about, uh, <laughs> about that actually not that long ago. 
Um, but That's anyway, incredible. yeah. So um, my wife, uh, she grew up in, in Baltimore. And uh, so she was a Disney World person. I was a Disneyland person. And uh, we actually started our show kind of based on that because we we both had different, vastly dis- different experiences. Yeah, parks. for sure. Um, so my first time in Epcot was after we got married. And I first went in 2017. Um, and I was I was blown away by it. I mean, it was just, you know, incredible. And I think if you go to Epcot um, over 21 for the first time, it's much better because then you can kind of drink and enjoy yourself. Absolutely. Uh, you know. Absolutely. It is the park for local adults, for sure. Exactly. Right. It's, a, right. it's definitely a local park. It's definitely a park for people who frequent the parks regularly. Uh, and it's catered specifically now more than ever to over 21. So that, that would make sense. If you, if you hit up that part over 21, that would be a home run for you. Yeah. And unfortunately now, like there is more stuff for little kids, like the, the Nemo ride and, you know, frozen, um, Ratatouille, you know, there, there is more stuff obviously yeah. that kids can do, which is great. Um, but I, 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 yeah, Morocco is not catered toward children at all. Um, no. If spicy nah. food, you know, tapestries, textiles, it's not really a kid-friendly spot, right. but I love it nonetheless. It's, I think it's incredible out there. It's a really great spot for like, you know, when you're in your twenties and thirties and you're discovering new taste, uh, you know, profiles and, uh, being adventurous with your eating, which is not something you do in your tens and teens. Also, I have to say, um, I actually grew up eating a lot of Indian food. Um, I had family oh, who cooked it nice. a lot. My parents were really into Great. curries and stuff. So that was kind of always Great. part of my upbringing. You, but, you uh, are the exception. You yes. are the exception. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So um, the, the, the Morocco Pavilion was actually not originally a part of the nine um, pavilions that opened up. It, it actually opened up in September 7th, 84. So just a couple of years after Epcot had opened. And one of the things that makes it so special is that um, it's the only country in World Showcase where its government was actually involved in its creation. So King Hassan II sent his personal um, artisans from the country to build the entire pavilion, which I think is super cool. Because in all of our other episodes we've done about pavilions, it it hasn't been that. They basically were like, you know, getting some funding and getting some input and approval from the countries. But no one actually came out and did the work. So. And uh, also it's cement. important to note that it's important to note that uh, all the other countries, and I'm sure you've talked about it, but they were, they're all uh, eventually just sponsored by corporations from, right. you know, those other countries and not necessarily the direct country isn't involved. And Morocco mm-hmm. is the exception to that rule, much like you with Indian food as a child, uh, Morocco is the exception. Uh, it, it's not, it wasn't corporation driven. It yep. was, it was government driven, which is pretty fascinating. So one of the things that I, I pulled um, as I was doing my research is, you know, the attention to detail by them was specifically um, because they wanted to keep it sort of within the Muslim belief that only Allah creates perfection. Um, and so one of the things they wanted to make sure of is that when they, the architects um, and the tradespeople were working, they like intentionally flawed some of the mosaics and the displays. Um, and they wanted everything at the pavilion to represent, you know, the true authenticity of the area. So um like that they they were able to take some of their beliefs and culture and and make sure that it was respected um in that area and so yeah. it feels like a true moroccan city i've never been there before but it feels like with the old and the new is, is something we see a lot in in uh, the world showcase pavilions um and they were just able to do a phenomenal job of it which i think is is why to me anyway it's one of the most immersive pavilions where I kind of want to go on deeper and I want to explore all the little areas and see all the time. Yeah. It, it offers more, it offers more immersion than most of the other pavilions offer with perhaps I would say 
uh, Germany and Mexico being the, uh, the other ones that I really enjoy the immersion of mm-hmm. the pavilions, because once you want, once you cross that threshold and begin to wander back into the space, it is quite magnificent back there. Uh, and it's not just a big open plaza like, you know, Italy or mm-hmm. France, you know, um, it's it, or, or or China even. Instead, it is uh, you feel you feel it above you, around you. And it's it's ultimately why wandering through Batu uh, feels so Moroccan is because, oh, yeah. you know, you feel like you feel like you very well could be in the Morocco pavilion when you're walking mm-hmm. through the markets of Batu just because of the, the the everything from the architecture to the uh, to the uh, accessories and lighting fixtures and stuff. It's it's a, it's a really fun, immersive little corner of Epcot. Right. And it, and it, and it like um, it, it almost represents itself as like a bustling marketplace, which um, early on we were talking when we were doing the original World Showcase sort of um, overview before this miniseries. We talked about how they, Israel was was a plan that they were going to put in um, as one of the pavilions. Um, obviously, it didn't work out for a lot of reasons. Um, but uh, they they were able to kind of use Morocco as almost like a um, a template, or Israel is almost like a template. What they did with Morocco, making it kind of like a busy marketplace for like honoring the old tradition and then bringing in some of the new um, beautiful stuff. So yeah, I mean it's 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 cool. I mean I, I I'm a huge fan of it. You told me um, when we were talking early on that you have a your your family bought a uh, um, your family bought a carpet when you were there. Yeah, my pa- yeah rough. they. For the longest time, I'm not sure if it's still there. Uh, I actually I doubt that it's still there. But for the longest time, they had a um, a rug store uh, in the um, in the uh, market area. There was just a section with a ton of rugs that you could buy. Um, I don't know if it was in the arts store or the 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 bazaar. I'm not sure what it was. But and they and they would ship the rugs for you as well. So it was this like it was like this teal. Um, exotic, you know, patterned rug that they bought. And it was very nice quality. And it yeah. it lasted in my parents' house for decades, like at least 20 years before a dog ultimately ruined it, I think. Uh, but it was plush and and gorgeous and uh and and really, really well built. Um a lot, a lot better built than most of the rugs that I've purchased myself as in my adult life. Oh, sure. Uh, so I'm sure it was some kind of Moroccan import of some kind. It was uh, the- and Lord. It was the Casablanca carpets, I think, is the one. Um, unless it's oh a, yeah, there you go. Store, but that's that's what they have there, and it has Moroccan made yeah. uh, rugs, lanterns, and sconces. Yep, and that I guess that's that's where it was. I haven't weirdly, I have not gone back into that rug store mm-hmm. because now when I go to Morocco, I eat, I don't shop. You know what I mean? I'm just eating all of the the delicious spiced foods. But yeah, Casablanca carpets, there you go. And so we had one for quite a while, uh, and it's like it's so funny. I I don't have no idea what on earth possessed my parents to purchase a rug from the Morocco pavilion where everything was clearly marked up. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, everything had the Disney price tag on it, you right, know? Right. And then for, for, of all, of all things, they're like, Oh yeah, well let's buy a, a very expensive rug. And it's not like we were wealthy or anything. I don't know. It was maybe, bananas. I have, they, it's, and it's so weird that I just had an Epcot souvenir in my living room for like yeah. two decades. Maybe they were compensating for not feeding the food. I think that could be perhaps. Know. Perhaps, yeah, perhaps for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so part of shopping, they have um, the Tangier Trades, the Brass Bazaar, Casablanca carpets, and then uh, oof, Souk al Maghreb. I guess I, I'm very, very bad at pronouncing some of these things. Uh, but basically, they have like jewelry. Uh, you can find, you know, brass, silver plates, mirrors, the carpets, rugs, sconces, um, lanterns, and then uh, the last one I mentioned has 
belly dancing how-tos, uh, couscous and cooking utensils, uh, fez hats and rose water. So um, there's like a real kind of conglomerate and mix of, of different sort of things that you can buy there, which I, I think is, you know, I, I think it's great. Um, there's, there's a lot, I, I never, I don't think I've ever really bought anything from there personally. Um, I typically don't buy a lot of souvenirs when I'm out shopping and in and, and Disney parks, but uh, the, I do like that it, it feels so, so vastly different than what a lot of the other um, pavilions have to offer. Um, just because in a lot of ways, I feel like, you know, Middle Eastern culture is not something that um, the West has really adopted as much. Like in Japan, there's so much, you know, Japanese influence in our media and art. Um, out in the states and then even with china there's a lot of you know stuff that you can kind of look back to almost every major city has like a chinatown or something um but the middle east influence i think personally is 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 really cool uh and and, and that's part of what makes the shop so fascinating to me too there's just so many interesting things to look at yeah and i guess perhaps because we haven't gentrified that uh that cultural experience in the ways that america has gentrified and adopted and uh and you know co-opted so much of other cultures that uh maybe morocco is a reason is a prime example of why my parents just skipped over it because we yeah. were you know exposed to you know everything from french to chinese to you know um you know canadian uh, all of it you know uh japanese that so that uh those things were much more accessible to my parents growing up mm -hmm. and so we didn't really frequent uh or or linger in the morocco area but now now i feel like that's actually kind of flipping it's on its head a bit yeah. and uh, i feel like uh you know middle eastern culture uh and you know north african culture is very much present in um in in our pop culture these days like significantly and i love that I, i'm happy i'm happy for that oh yeah for sure um uh, definitely. And then like, as far as the restaurants are concerned, um, they actually have two, right? So they have the Spice Road table, which is like the main Mediterranean restaurant. And then the Tangerine Cafe, um, they have hummus, salads, chickens, baklava, um, coffee, mint teas, slushies, beers, carbonated beverages, like the whole thing. Um, and, and most of the time it's, it's used as a kind of walkthrough spot, um, for food and wine festival. So right now, as we're speaking, it's food and wine festival and that's, um, and they usually have some stuff going on there, but, um, I do have to say, I've never eaten in Morocco before. Um, my wife did eat there and I think she got some kind of a chicken when, when during food and wine festival last year. Um, and I was so full that I was just kind of over it at some point in time. Um, but I'm sure the spice road table is delicious. Um, I love the way it looks and, um, everything on their menu looks pretty much like something I would eat. So they have gluten-free calamari there oh yeah just what the doctor ordered right yeah well i mean if you got a celiac in your family there you go gluten-free there's a gluten-free dish at the spice red table that's uh, good. but you know that's mediterranean cooking so mediterranean cooking mm -hmm. is pretty gluten-free to begin with but uh, but yeah right right um so you said that you didn't grow up eating anything like you know indian food or anything kind of adventurous or 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 you know exotic in its own way uh has that changed over the years Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I eat all of this stuff. Cool, good. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Uh, now, now I'm a big fan. I've eaten in Morocco many times. It's very, very good. I love the spice profile. I will often not eat until I get to Morocco, just because like 
and it's good, clean food. It's not very carb heavy. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's good, clean protein. It's good, clean vegetables. Like it's, it's a really, really nice, uh, food that doesn't make, doesn't weigh you down after you eat. And so it's a great pavilion to eat at. Yeah. Um, we have a, where I live, there's a couple of Indian spots and like, you know, more Mediterranean food around us. So I try to go as often as I can. Um, but my problem is when I go to Epcot, and this is just because, you know, you're, you're living in Pennsylvania and, and, and sort of being in this, cause we're in Maryland, sort of the same thing. Like it's not the easiest thing in the world just to pop down to Disney world when you want to. Um, and so when we go, we usually end up coinciding with some kind of a festival at Epcot. And, um, so we end up just like never eating at restaurants because we're too busy jumping from like pavilion to pavilion and booth to booth, trying all the little, you know, special edition things they have. And yeah. I don't even know why Epcot operates restaurants half the year, you know, yeah. like, which is why you can always get a reservation for almost all the spots. Right. Exactly. We, um, I, we went a couple of years ago for our baby moon and we, uh, we were going to eat at France and I, I had to go up and just like cancel our reservation and, and eat the cost or whatever I ended up doing. Um, because we were like, we ate, we've been eating basically from the minute we woke up to what three thirty, and then we have reservations at four thirty, and we just can't even think about spending, you know, eighty to a hundred dollars on a nice French meal, and then yeah, absolutely too full not to enjoy it, you know. Seriously, yeah. Cool. So, um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about just like. Um, the entertainment. So one of the things that I feel personally that really lacks in Morocco is that there barely is any entertainment at all. Um, Princess Jasmine and Aladdin can be met there. And occasionally Aladdin, you know, um, will be there and you can see the genie and stuff. But um, they have a really small stage up that features Moroccan music, dance and art. Um but there's really nothing else. I mean, even on like the Wikipedia page is uh, everything on there basically says former. Yeah. And for entertainment in uh, 20. Yeah. When Morocco, the country pulled out, I believe in 2020, 2019, mm -hmm. something like that. Uh, the, 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 it felt like Disney threw their hands up in the air about what to do. Um, I believe, I don't even believe you can meet Aladdin, Jasmine and Genie there. I believe that Jasmine now just makes appearances on the Moroccan stage for, or like, you know, around the Moroccan stage. I, I don't think that that meet and greet in the back is even open up anymore. It feels like a very dead pavilion in that respect, yeah. a very overlooked pavilion. Sure. Um, because for the longest time, there was a really great rock band slash belly dancing group that would play on that stage that yep. was called Moroccan, uh, yeah. which I think is hilarious. Yeah. yeah Moroccan, <laughs> which is a, a phenomenal pun. And uh, like, where, where is that ingenuity in Disney these days? Mm -hmm. uh, I really like but yeah, Morocco, it's like, it's, you know, and, and Aladdin and Jasmine is, is such an odd, like, do, does anyone understand, does anyone know where Morocco is yeah. as compared to Saudi Arabia uh, and right. Agra and, and the fictional Agrabah? You know what I mean? Uh, Morocco, we're talking like a North African, um, you know, like uh country. And, but I guess Jasmine, Jasmine has like Moroccan vibes, I guess, you know, Agrabah's fake. So yeah. I guess like perhaps Jasmine is a Moroccan like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, what I would say should be in Morocco more than any other characters, Indiana Jones. I feel like Indiana yeah, Jones would be a really great character to have uh, available to meet and greet in the Morocco pavilion. Uh, mm -hmm. It just seems like a, a gosh darn shoe in. You know what I mean? Have the other guy too. have that big guy who wears the fest. I was have just him there too. I don't name. care. Yeah. Yeah. Have a, have everybody. Uh, but I think Indy would be a great uh, character. Uh, but 
we stick Jasmine there because we don't have a Saudi Arabia pavilion and you know, your average American isn't wise enough to tell the difference, I guess. Uh, when they see Morocco, they're just like, oh, yeah, that looks like Agrabah. Sure. Yeah. You know? Why not? Yeah. Despite the fact that the, the pavilion is modeled after significant religious sites. You know, <laughs> well, listen, they didn't, you know, they wanted to stick with their religious beliefs and not have perfection. So I guess that that kind of pulls it all together. Uh, I think John Rhys Davies, who played Sala, right? And he also played Gimli, of course. Yeah, the Rings. There he you would go. be yeah. like, he would be a good, uh, a good addition. Because I think if we do too much, uh, if we do too much Indiana Jones, there's your gentrification right there. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah there be, you go. That's true. That could be That's really true. cool. I just, there hasn't, I mean, I don't think that there's been many um, Disney films in the, anywhere in, in the Middle East or, you know, and anything like that. I, nothing that comes off on the top of my head anyway. No, the most Mediterranean film they really have is Luca. And um, that is clearly a film that takes place in Italy. So, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's pretty yeah, much so. just Aladdin. I mean, that's pretty much all you're gonna all you're gonna get from that. If I looked up Disney films in the Middle East, I got uh, both Aladdins, you know, the the live the terrible live action one, uh, the cartoon, and then the Thief and the Cobbler, which I don't. I'm pretty sure it's not a Disney film. Um, you know what? We have live action Ariel. Uh, we have live action uh, for. We're eventually going to get live action Snow White. So I wouldn't mind live action Aladdin and Jasmine in this pavilion over the animated Aladdin and Jasmine that we clearly get in Adventureland at, at the Magic Kingdom. Like yeah. Aladdin has his own meet and greet spot. Mm -hmm. Jasmine, the genie, Jafar, they're all over yeah. there. Yeah. The Morocco Pavilion would actually be a really lovely place to do the live action versions of the characters and, yeah. and cast more traditional looking, you know, uh, Middle Eastern uh, performers to, to play yeah. the roles instead of just some white kid who looks like he's fresh off the set of Full House. Right. No, that, that, that makes total sense. I, I, I yeah, I mean, cause they, they just, uh, th there could be so much more to it, you know, than, than what's already there. And I, I, I'm with you. I feel like if they brought in more of like the traditional, um, you know, the traditional kind of casting and, 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 and stuff like that, it would, it would make a huge difference. But, uh, instead we get, you know, basically next to nothing. Um, right. They had, you know, uh, they had a Moroccan musical dance, um, that only lasted about four years. It ended in 2020. Um, and then they had like a, a Christmas, a seasonal Christmas, um, uh, like event that, that, that had customs surrounding the Moroccan celebration of, um, of, uh, Ramadan, um, and Ashura, but I don't think that that's, uh, if it's still doing anything, I haven't really heard anything about it. Um, so yeah, not, a, not a, besides the food. And the visuals. There's it's a pretty not, sleepy pavilion at the moment. It is. It, it really yeah, is. Very we, sleepy. Did, um, we did Germany uh, recently. And um, we were, when we were talking to our guests on that, like the whole thing just revolved around shopping. And uh, there was really nothing going on there at all besides shopping and, and, and caramel corn. Um, and so it's, I mean, they have like the Oktoberfest, uh, you know, pavilion or like area restaurant where you can, you know, have the buffet and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's funny how like, feels like some pavilions get a ton of love and then other pavilions just you know uh, they're just kind of there but there's not a whole lot going going into them or any kind of like you know love being thrown their way beyond just the the traditional like you know food and entertainment and, and shopping this episode of the parks academy is brought to you by deep cut deep cut are makers and purveyors of some of the most incredible record displays and accessories on the market today right now 
you can check out their presale of their floating record player table. It's the perfect home for your record player setup. This wall-mounted table features a clean look free of messy wires, the beauty of natural hardwood, vibration-dampening design for a better sound, and the small footprint, suitable for any space. Every last detail was considered in the design. Every component is best in breed. From the thick hardwood slab, to the hand-welded brackets, to the powder-coated metal cable management cubby. This is form meets function in the most satisfying way. It's the premium record player shelf that your system deserves. We love these guys and we cannot say enough about how great their quality uh, stuff is. You can get 10% off your first order with DeepCut using the code TPA10 at checkout. Check out deepcut.co and again, use that code TPA10 at checkout. Thank you so much to DeepCut for sponsoring the Parks Academy and being part of our show. We really appreciate you guys and we cannot get enough of your stuff. And now, back to the show. Now, are you, have you, are you, are you sleeping on perhaps the greatest fact about the Morocco Pavilion? I was saving it. If, oh, were you if, saving if, it? If we're on the if we're on the same page, uh, is it is it that yeah okay is it that the Tower of Terror was built, um, in order yes. to lend into it? Yeah, yeah. How fantastic is that? But then there's an additional layer of information about the design of the Morocco Pavilion that I also love. I'm sure we'll get there. I'm sure it's on your notes. But the Tower of Terror is great, and it's yeah. so interesting because when you walk into the park. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really only for if you're on the other side of the lagoon, right. like on the bridge, on your way into World Showcase. Because once you're in the park, you can't see diddly squat. Like once you're in the pavilion or you're right. in World Showcase walking around, it's not visible whatsoever. But the the, the aesthetic of the tower and the pavilion is kind of incredible. It's, it's amazing and how it, well it blends together. And, it really is nice. And it's something that I don't think that you would notice unless... You're, you know about it. I mean, you really have to be looking because it's so discreet and the back of it, you know, there's no, um, there's no identif signage marks yeah. on the tower. Exactly. Yeah. Says, hey, you it, know, this is the ride. Um, it, it blends in a, really perfectly with that minaret pray, prayer tower that they have in the, mm -hmm. in the area. It, it, it just, it just looks like another layer of, uh, and if you Google, you know, like towns in Morocco, you could see that, uh, you know, the depth of those, those cities has lots of levels uh, yeah. with, with very specific towers of this design. And so it just was a home run. I oh, can't yeah. believe how beautifully this, this like landed. This was like just ingenuity on a level that I can't even begin to comprehend. The thing about it is it's so simple, but it's so effective and just so smart. Um, and it's, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible. What was the, you said you had another fact about it. What was the, uh, what was that other thing? Cause I may not know about uh, it well, actually. Uh, Morocco doesn't light up at night during any nighttime firework festivals. And there's a specific reason for that. There's no lighting installed in the pavilion. Uh, and if you like illuminations, all those nighttime shows, when you look around all of the, all of the, uh, the monuments in each of the pavilions lights up, but mm -hmm. it doesn't happen in Morocco and it doesn't happen in Norway. And in Norway it's chosen intentionally to, uh, mirror the fact that it doesn't happen in Morocco so that everything looks symmetrical as you're standing in the world showcase, looking around. But the reason for that is, is that all of the buildings of uh, in the Morocco pavilion all have significant religious value and, uh, uh -huh. and meaning. And so to adorn them with lights would essentially be demeaning and, uh, and, and, you know, like anti uh, their whole vibe, essentially, you know, these are, these are religious monuments. You don't cover them with disco lights, you know, <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. So there's a certain le- level of respect. And I think that's kind of amazing that uh, that Disney a acknowledged and, and respected the cultural and religious beliefs of the people and mm-hmm. didn't have to like do their disnified spin on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no robotic Abe Lincoln equivalent here. Like it's, it's very true to the land and perhaps, and perhaps that's why it feels so sleepy, I guess, is because, yeah. you know, like what would it, it would be maybe uh, insulting for it to be anything other than respectful to what the what the actual vibe of place is. And it's not, you know, not a it's not a party. It's not really central over at Rocco Pavilion, you know? Yeah, that's that's one thing that I, I feel like I I never really thought of before one thing i'm really enjoying about this series we're doing is is it is you know allowing me to dig deeper into the history of each pavilion and figure out you know some of the anchors um gosh what on earth some of the uh i'm I'm pulling a porky pig here um some of the idiosyncrasies i was gonna say intricacies yes of uh of of the pavilions and and kind of like you know why they are the way they are um it's so easy to just walk around and look at it check out the stores and then move on um but, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, details like that, you know, is is absolutely incredible. And again, like I, I mentioned Israel earlier, um, you know, one of the reasons why they didn't add it, like I said, was was just because of um, um, there was concern of you know, perhaps protests. Um, they were concerned of terrorism activity. If they put in Israel, they were concerned of issues with, you know, Saudi Arabia and Israel or, um, you know, some conflicts and things like that. Um, but uh, the fact that they were able to take Morocco and still pull in like so much respect for a, a culture that, that has so much, you know, um, that, that, that almost requires so much respect behind it, I think is, is a real testament to uh, Disney being able to do a good job of, of you had mentioned not disnifying something, but um, you know, making space for a true authentic, um, you know, a, a true authentic um, um, experience of what a country might be like, which frankly is exactly what world showcase uh, is all about. Yep, absolutely. Um, and speaking of that, have you, are you familiar with Hulk Hogan's Thunder in Paradise? No, I am not. Thunder in Paradise is a Hulk Hogan show that was filmed exclusively in the Florida area to capitalize on Hulk Hogan's pop culture fame. And it was an action adventure show that regularly used Epcot as a background for the various adventures that Hulk Hogan would go on a la A-team style. And one of the episodes is centrally focused in the Morocco pavilion uh, and where they dressed it with camels and like everybody, like it's, it's truly incredible. And as you go on this deep dive, literally every pavilion was used in the show. Uh, oh my gosh. So Hulk Hogan's Thunder in Paradise has scenes like apparently there's a whole scene where they literally just did the Indiana Jones stunt show just without Indiana Jones, but with Hulk Hogan in the role instead are they like literally the exact same stunt show but yeah. just with hulk hogan like it's oh, truly man. incredible and the morocco pavilion was a central location for one of the big episodes I, d- I don't know which episode uh specifically but um it's pretty it's pretty uh, magnificent I... uh, it was it was very uh night rider it was like a night rider playoff like david hasselhoff was big and popular so let's take yeah. another yeah. big popular personality and i believe he had a talking boat in the show uh, where, where David Hasselhoff had a talking car, of course, uh, Knight Rider. Wow. So yeah, uh, you definitely have to, if you're listening to this, check out Thunder in Paradise because it is a secret Disney World gem uh, that I, you might have never heard of before. I am looking at this right now and it is truly something to see. Um, I can see him uh, having a, uh, um, a, a 
face off with Sting in front of a Grand Floridian, which is crazy. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, they have. <laughs> yeah, they, it's pretty great. There is also in front of the uh, Grand Floridian. There's like a tug of war. Uh, I mean, that's yep. just this they is did a whole. Joke. They did a whole like they did a whole like water spy episode in the uh, in the in the uh, in the seas pavilion. Like, yeah. like they did an underwater base thing. Like it's crazy. It's, it's really great. So, okay, so not to derail um, too much off of Morocco, no, but, you, fine. but I, I love stuff like this. It's all good. So for anyone who's wondering episode seven sealed with a kismet is the episode um, where he's in Morocco. There you go. Got that it. Is yeah, I want to see that on Disney plus. Oh yeah. I don't think that um, I don't, I don't think that they're going to add it in there, but that is, that is too much. Um, yeah, he was in the United Kingdom. Here's one of him lifting up a, no one can see this. This is awful radio, but here's one of him lifting up a lamppost, uh, trying to like, you know, throw it into a telephone booth. I mean, this is, I was yeah. never a Hulk Hogan fan. Um, not really a wrestling fan growing up. So this is all kind of new to me, but it is, I might have to go back and watch this show just for the, just for the occasion. Uh, you definitely might have to, you definitely might have to. Yeah, well, you are certainly pulling in more uh, little little tidbits about Morocco than I was. Uh, than I that's had. what I'm so here for, great. baby. I love it. Yeah, that's why we have guests. Disney Dan. That's right. That's right. So they okay. pay me for um, to know useless <laughs> information exactly that no that. one remotely cares about. No, it's good, and I, I love this kind of thing. So, okay, so one one question I have too is um, we talked a little bit about like Indiana Jones, the real life um, Aladdin, but. If you were to take anything out or add anything into Morocco, what would what do you think you would do? Um, that's a great question. Uh, that's a really great question. I think that um, you know we don't have a ton of specific energy in Disney's properties uh, that really screams Morocco. Uh, and so it's hard. It's hard to suggest changing anything there that mm -hmm. might uh, that might uh, t take away from the cultural importance of it, uh, or like you know the cultural significance of it. And uh, we all know that they got rid of the Morocco penis uh, wall sculpture, which was also an iconic piece of Morocco lore. Uh, that <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar. You must be familiar with that. And heard what's of so it, crazy is the king, the king himself sent people, sent artists, artisans to Morocco. And they sculpted a beautiful Morocco penis tower. And Disney, Disney clipped it right out and removed it. I'm sorry, this is a... Work piece isn't bad. We can say fine. Piece. We're good. Uh, There's an article from 2021. Your, your wife's pregnant with the, her second baby. You know what I mean? We, we, yeah, we're, uh, okay. we, we know what's going on. There's an article in 2021 that says... Is, it says it's Disney circumcising Epcot's Moroccan members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. If, I guess this this is definitely got to be on your radar if we're talking about Morocco. Um, yeah. So my first order of business would be to bring back the Morocco penis. And then my second order of business would be to reopen the restaurant out back, that, uh, um, the restaurant Marrakesh. Uh, I don't know if what you got to do with it, make it something different, make it something new, or mm -hmm. just keep it the same. But give me give me a good sit-down Mediterranean Middle Eastern inspired, inspired North African inspired uh, dishes. Like I want, yeah. I want that back. And spice and spice road table is nice, and it's doing that, and it gives you great views of the lagoon. But like, mm. give me, give me that big sit down dining experience back, yep. please. Yeah, it, it's and nice. The vibe in there is excellent. This episode, of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Neo Sabers. 
Neosabers make incredible handcrafted lightsabers that are perfect for any Star Wars fans. Check out these pros. They have strong metal built hilts, heavy grade polycarbonate blades, technical perfection, clarity of light and sound, perfect for cosplaying, the best option for a saber collection, and they can be totally customized how you want. Check this out. Uh, Neo Sabers is different from all of their sales because they focus on providing high quality NeoPixel lightsabers that would qualify for either cosplay purposes or even light dueling. Their sabers price, uh, they say their sabers are priced low and can be guaranteed that their sabers are affordable and totally worth the purchase. You can check out their collection on their website at neosabers.com and check out their various features uh, of their NeoPixel lightsabers. Guys, I have my very own NeoPixel saber, um, and, and Neo Sabers does it right. I have the Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker saber, and it is incredible. If I want it to be green and kind of act like it is from the movie, I can totally do that. Or if I'm looking to kind of customize it, have it be, you know, a Sith saber, or maybe, you know, give it a little bit of a different Jedi look with purple, blue, yellow, you name it. I can do all of that. My favorite thing about it, though, is that there's an app that you can use. And with that app, you can customize like how it responds to different attacks. You can set it up to where it has like force lightning, where it has a drag motion. You can you can use like all kinds of different colors to change it however you want to right within this app. Um, and then there's also customized controls within the blade itself. So you can like press the button a couple different times to um, change the color, to change the sound or the volume or whatever you want to do. I really cannot speak more highly of Neo Sabers and uh, how much we are so happy to be sponsored uh, by them and partnered with them. If you want to buy something from Neo Sabers, jump on their website and use the code TPA10 at checkout. This is going to guarantee you 10% off your purchase. And right now they are running some incredible sales. So go ahead and check out neosabers.com and get your NeoPixel Neo Sabers lightsaber today. And now Back to the show. It's nice to have a spot where you can kind of like one of one of the magical things about Epcot is that you can uh, truly escape into a restaurant and feel like you are just like gone, right? Like whether it's uh, whether it's in um, uh, Mexico, you know, when you're near the pyramid and eating uh, kind of near the marketplace, or if you go into La Cellier with you know in Canada, there's like. So many different spots where you do disappear. And unfortunately, with Spice Road Table, you're not really disappearing. You're just kind of sitting. Um, and so having that, I think, would be would be nice. That's for sure. Um, one thing that that I think could be, you know, interesting and helpful. Um, this isn't funny like a penis rock, but it is, I think, maybe an addition that could be useful um, is a lot of the areas do have almost like little walkthroughs where you can. Um, see history or lore or interesting, you know, items and 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 antiques from uh, from from the individual country. So, like for instance, in Norway, they have all of the um, all of the uh, information and, and lore of like the gods, right? Um, they have in uh, China. There's you know they have the Chinese um, the video experience where you can get an idea of the culture. So, I think if they were to have something almost like a little area where you can go in and look at um you know uh 
like almost like museum pieces, artifacts, right, of things that that are that are important to the country. Yeah. Um, explain how they were used, you know, thousands of years ago. Um, that certainly, I think, could be an additional step in 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 creating a little bit more of interest in the area. Because unfortunately, yeah, they I have a gallery space there right now. Oh, they do okay. have a gallery space there right now, and it is. Um, I think it's it's all about the Sahara and like racing on the Sahara. I believe it's called Race Against the Sun. Yes, uh, and it has like some some pieces about you know dune buggy racing, Sahara trekking, uh, and a little bit of cultural information about what it's like to be on the border of the Sahara because Morocco literally is right up on the border of the right, Sahara. Right. To your point. Uh, to your point, though, there isn't a lot of that. Um, uh, like, you know, religious and cultural kind of like historical stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, but perhaps that's like an, an intentional choice because, yeah. you know, religious art, you know, like to, humans and art, I guess is something that goes against a lot of, uh, the culture there. Uh, mm-hmm. so there are no humans depicted in any of the murals or yes. mosaics or anything. And religious figures aren't allowed to be displayed in art either. So, um, I don't know. I'd be interested to see like what the equivalent of a Morocco museum would be uh, of artifacts like that, but mm-hmm. I like Disney's Disney's approach, uh, and I don't know who how who they partnered up with to make this thing happen. Um, other than maybe like one of the racing companies out in Morocco that wanted to like sponsor it, but it's not sponsored. So I, again, yeah. I don't know who, who, but I think this is a really cool kind of like oh, and people we love people love cars and run Disney, so this yeah. just is a home run, you know. Yeah. So for <laughs> for a lot of guests, yeah, I mean it's. Uh... It's something. There's pictures of of buggies and stuff on the sand, and 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 helmets and jerseys, and yeah. I mean, it's it's never really been. But to your man, point, but... to your point, it's, I don't necessarily see you know like race car outfits and oh yes, a fine Moroccan museum. Uh, but yeah. uh, but this is it is a nice little peek into some of the culture over there and something I had no idea about. You know, like doom buggy NASCAR. Sure, sign me up. Yeah, sure. Um, it looks like they do have, which is kind of fun. They have a little uh, in there. They have a um, arcade style edition, but it's just a photo op where there's a film uh, running on a loop and you can sit in there and pretend like you are racing in the in the desert. Um, and so I guess if they added like a little sand in your face, that would that'd be cool. That would definitely add to the experience um, and, and be authentic. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Maybe we can... Uh... Put a little section of Soren over Morocco or something. They can hit me with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, something. Yeah. Well, do you have any other, uh, I don't know, thoughts or opinions or feelings about the uh, the Morocco Pavilion? Excellent set of bathrooms there right on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, right next to, the, I believe, the train set. Maybe a train or maybe not. I don't know. Some open plaza. There's a great set of bathrooms there. I really, really enjoy the bathrooms and spice road table, great location for, for, you know, a good spot for fireworks spot to grab a last minute reservation. Cause they never fill up because every, no one wants to, when no one hangs out in Morocco, I don't get it. I truly right. don't get it. Right. Uh, but I, you know, and I don't know, I don't know, you know, like I'm no Moroccan expert. I'm just a silly white man from Pennsylvania, but, uh, I, uh, it was fun. You know, when you're like, come, let's talk about Morocco. It was fun, like digging in and finding, some insane things. And Hey, I, I, I brought things to your attention. You didn't even know about exactly right. Well, and, um, uh, you know, I, no one touched it. Like, no, I, I ask everyone when I, when I put this together, like, give me your top three choices, of what you want to talk about. And, uh, nobody put Morocco on. So when you said surprise me or, Oh, away, I see. I'm like, so I'm just like, getting leftovers. Yeah, I'm just getting much. the cast away. I'm much. just getting the last, I'm getting the bottom of the barrel. Great. 
Thanks, Steve. I really appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Make no, me feel anytime. real special over here. <laughs> it's just I knew if anyone was up to the challenge, it was going to be you. So thank you. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> I will. I will. I will. All right. So, so I have funny. you for just a little bit more time. So I, I wanted to, if it's cool with you, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your uh, YouTube channel. Um, and sure, uh, ask me whatever ask. you want. So I've been watching your YouTube channel for like two years now, maybe even a little longer. Um, super fun. I mean, super good, super funny. How did you, uh, what was it that kind of got you started with that whole thing? Um, I stumbled into it after covering uh, Disney video game content. Uh, and so it was a natural progression from Disney video games to Disney theme parks. Cause there is a, a lot of overlap, uh, quite honestly, between video games and theme parks, uh, with the immersion and storytelling and also content. And so I kind of got sucked in from, from there and just started making, I have a, I have a theater degree and so I know mm -hmm. how to perform. And so I just started making YouTube videos. I'm no editor by any, any stretch of the imagination. And that's why I have Kenny, my phenomenal yeah. editor. Uh, and, uh, I'm more, I'm just a performer. I'm just a performer at heart. And, uh, and you know, Disney world is just one large stage. You know, the, yeah. the whole theme park in general is any theme park is a stage. And I really love going to theme park stages and kind yeah. of experiencing it and seeing like, you know, what holds up and what doesn't hold up. I'm less of a Disney fan and more of an immersion, an immersive theatrical experience fan. Uh, mm -hmm. But no one, no one knows what the heck you're talking about when you say I'm an immersive theatrical experience fan. And so you have to, you, you know, instead of explaining escape rooms, theme parks, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, video games, they, uh, right, right. I, I just stick with saying I'm a, Di I'm Disney Dan. <laughs> right. And, and uh, you have uh, what I think is an incredible dream finder uh, outfit as well that you, uh, that you like to wear. Uh, yeah, it's more of the puppet right? is cooler than the, the outfit I have. The outfit's real lackluster. Uh, but the, but the, but the, but the figment puppet I have is the real, is the real star. And it's gotten to the point now where I don't even put the outfit on anymore. I just, I just yeah. bring the puppet around because no one cares about Dreamfinder anymore. They just want to see figment. I don't know. Dreamfinder is pretty cool. He's, he's yeah, but he's dead. Dreamfinder is very dead. He's dead. True. He's super dead. No one, no one <laughs> knows about him anymore except for real nerds. And, right. uh, you know, and sure. That's what I mean. You'd find at conventions and stuff when I'm dressing up, but. Right. You know, he, unfortunately, he's long gone. I mean, you could always like, you know, sort of translate, trans, uh, transition that into like Dr. Nigel, Nigel uh, Channing, if you wanted to, which I don't think would be right. Ooh, that'd be kind of a rough go, huh? Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't want any of that. No. And I'm not British. So, you know, what that would also be hard. And I'm, and I'm not looking to impersonate one of the original members of Monty Python either. So, you know, right. Who, who's who among us? Um, well, that's cool. Yeah, no, you're, uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, I think your channel is, is super funny. Um, love the videos. And, and at one point were you doing, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but were you also doing like the, uh, Disney sing-along videos? Like you have those in your channel as well? Oh yeah. I have a couple of, uh, the costume character sing-along songs on my channel. I'm currently in the process of trying to upscale them to 4k, but the original mm -hmm. resolution of the videos are not great to begin with. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, but I'm I'm trying to upscale them to see how they how they look uh, to repost like a big compilation of them. But I love those sing along songs that take place in the park. Oh, and yeah. I actually attribute I attribute them and their costume character kind of like videos to being a real reason why they're cemented in my mind as one of my favorite things about the parks. You know, meeting characters. Uh, so uh, it's it was a a, a natural fit. Uh, and so I and if it entertains endless toddlers 
I'm I'm so glad. It makes me happy because it's it's a great you know those sing along songs are truly fantastic. Yeah, no, we used to have them on VHS as kids. Um, my mom would put them on for us a lot. We'd wear those tapes down. Um, and I actually oh, did show my, gosh, my daughter yeah, some yeah, of your yeah. uh, some of the videos on there. She likes them. She's a huge uh, Disney fan, even though she's like two. Um, we've Perfect. taken her to Disney World. She yeah. loves it, and uh, she loves the characters and and all that. So um yeah that's the perfect really age cool. to be a disney fan i agree a lot of two people years say, old. like don't take your kids to disney and we took her at 10 months old and it was fine like it was more than fine um yeah i think that those they were talking to non-disney adults when they say that right exactly like take your kids to disney <laughs> at a young age for yourself and not really for the kids you know so you can have the photos right. and the memories and, and whatnot you got um, it yeah 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 <laughs> it's, it's yeah, all not, selfish that advice know? that advice is not being given to anyone who knows any anyone who knows who Dreamfinder is you can just ignore that advice just live your life take your kids whenever you want it's, yeah. you're clearly there for you first your kids second and eventually that'll open up to the, get to the other side where you'll be like ah yes through the eyes of a child but for now just enjoy yourself exactly right and uh, I never really thought of myself as someone who was going to be super into Disney um, I always liked it you know growing up and stuff but I never thought it would translate into my adult life where I have a a gosh darn podcast about the whole thing that I do with my wife. And uh, it's, but it's good. You know, it's, it's, it's great. It's so much fun. I love it. It's so much fun to do. Um, well, cool. What well, is there, uh, before we kind of wrap this up, is there anything that you want to promote or talk about? Um, I'm sure that, you know, I know that you're much more popular than our show, but for anyone who doesn't know who you are, uh, can you tell them like where to find you and, and the kind of stuff that. Or um, you can head on across, head across all the holy social media channels you can find me on. Like uh, Instagram, TikTok, you know, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and YouTube is primarily where you can find endless amounts of costume character histories uh, from me, as well as other parade and show histories. And not just Disney mascots, other other costume characters. Like just recently, I did Reese uh, from Hershey mm -hmm. and uh, Barbie, uh, a, a Barbie live uh, costume history. So lots of fun, lots of fun theme park, immersive costume history videos from me, Disney Dan. So, you know, just you type Disney Dan into Google, you're going to find me. I I just finished watching the Reese's video and it was, um, it, it is that, that, that first one with the two heads and the legs sticking out the middle is, is, is it's just, great. It's tough as could be. It's I mean, magnificent. That's bad news. It's so um, good. It's so beautiful. I love that one so much. Um, and then it was funny too, cause I also watched your, uh, your university of Oregon one with the Donald duck, um, mascot. Yeah. It's funny. Is that really original, great story? That original logo of him coming out of the O like, you know, the, the literally like angry Donald duck, but just in green. Um, uh, my mom used to have that vintage t-shirt of that and she would wear it a lot when I was growing up. And so it's, it's funny because we didn't, my family doesn't have any ties to the university of Oregon. I don't know why she had it or how it even came into her possession. Um, <laughs> it's like, we're just Northern California people. Um, and, you know, we're not, we don't have any family in Oregon. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that shirt reminded me of my childhood. So uh, it's, you know, it's funny. That's it's, incredible. That kind of I love awesome. that. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, Who knows where mom got that shirt? Who knows where moms get any of their clothes? Yeah, As exactly. children, well, that's not anything we're paying attention to. You know, we're drug along when mom shops all the time. but. We're not necessarily worried about mom's fashion sense. Yeah, we're too busy like hiding in the uh, in the aisles and and in between the clothes and right. stuff. Um, right, okay, exactly, so exactly. I'm asking this to every single guest we have on because this is important and I think it's it's critical critical information. Um, assuming you have a Disney Plus account, who is your avatar on your account? 
who is my Disney Plus avatar? I think it's just Mickey. Classic. Yeah, perfect. Let me see. Let me see here. And that's just out of protest because there are no, there aren't a bunch of great ones. No. Uh, my Disney, the real question is what's your magic, what's your MDE logo? What's your magic expre- experience logo character? On the app? As a whole, on, on the on your Disney Park app, you know, like oh, what character yeah. do you pick? R2. For your Disney logo. That's Kermit. But yeah. on on Disney Plus, it's just it's just classic cartoon Mickey. Because there aren't any other good options. It gives me well, I think Kermit's on there now, if I'm not mistaken. Is he? He's been on there for a for a little bit, I think. But um it gives me massive anxiety because it's like the new version of Mickey Mouse from those wonderful world of Mickey Mouse cartoons. Everyone yeah, else Yeah, you don't like them? The different, oh, no, I like them, but everyone else is the different animation. So um it's it's not organized at oh, all. Oh, I see. And it's I it's see, not, I see, you know, I see. so um, unfortunately for me, I have this terrible trait of wanting everything to be uniform and that is not uniform and it, it makes me very upset. Mm, um, that's fair. Oh yeah. I see yeah. the Muppets are here yeah. now. That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, okay. I'll, I'm officially changing it right now to Fozzie Bear. How do you like that? Per- yeah. Waka Waka. Um, all right. Well, uh, Dan, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us on this episode. Not a problem, man. Um, Thanks for having me on. Fun. I've really appreciated it. And, uh, you're, yeah, uh, check them out on YouTube, guys. You won't regret it. It is uh, a laugh a minute. So, all right. Well, thank you so much again. Thanks, man. Have a great day. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, again, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We, we really appreciate all of you. Um, and uh, you can find us online at theparksacademypod.com as well as uh, Instagram at theparksacademy. Um, you can support the show by giving us a, a kind review and rating, um, on, uh, Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And, um, also don't forget, we do have a Patreon where we will be releasing, um, and, and continuing to throw out some extra fun content for you. So you can be part of that as well. Um, once again, thank you so much to our incredible, wonderful sponsors, uh, Deep Cut and Neo Sabers. You can get 10% off your first order with those two companies using the code TPA10 at checkout. Thanks again, everyone. We will catch you next time.